0: guys welcome to archive tv we are back for another smoke sesh another video what's going on today Fletch? we got a little
1: fetal hunt of just some reversal hybrids that uh we made nothing just kind of hunting stuff not necessarily trying to breed anything specifically so this was the irene skittles line which we did the number four and some other reviews on adam here who uh, runs the uh archive oregon grow he um really likes the Irene Z7 which we've put at the shop a few times you get, you've made some hash with it a bunch of times For sure. um, and I took that and crossed it to cookies right just back to cookies just to kind of see actually I could cross a bunch of stuff to cookies and this was just one of the kind of lines to just kind of play around and see what comes out of it just kind of curious what you might find and so we got the 20, 21, 43, and 45 that were selected from probably 50-ish seeds. I don't remember exactly how many. All fems, so it was actually 50 females, not 50, you know, not 25 females like you would have with male-female seeds. Um, and it's a unique, doughy, cushy mix between all these. A little bit of Skittles smell in there. I mean, it, you know, this not necessarily the most unique work on the planet. You know, cookies, Skittles, and kush it's kind of a winning formula but um you know the irene's got a little different thing to it so it's kind of nice to just see the difference For it sure. is nice to check out another irene hybrid
0: been uh had the pleasure to try a couple this week and uh yeah it's just definitely unique um and it's nice to see it's still being worked with you know
1: what do you like about that number seven adam
2: i mean i just i like the flavor Like, it leans heavy to, like, that whole flavor pack kind of line of everything, like a little Z. But then that Irene comes through. The Irene's just always been one of my favorite, like, profiles of a plant. Um, It tends to always be the plants that grow like shit, that are, like, the most enjoyable for me to smoke. But, um, yeah, these are cool. These are definitely, like, the 20 and 20, it's weird. The 20 and 21 are, you know, share some of the similar traits, in the 45 and the 43 lean more to that like doughy side but um for sure yeah i don't know it's
1: cool just to see the irene back in all sorts of hybrids i don't know what it is about the irene maybe necessarily too but people enjoy smoking it for For whatever reason it's not the most potent smelling thing it's not necessarily the tastiest thing on the planet it's got a great flavor though that sticks it's like a in-between bubba and og cushy thing like we've talked about um but for whatever reason, people tend to just really enjoy it. It's one of those things where, like, if you if you show someone the herb, they may not get super excited about it. If they're familiar with a bunch of cushes and bubbas, they'll be like, "Oh, okay, some cushy stuff." But if you just pass them a joint and they smoke it and taste it. They'll be like, dude, what was that? That should tastes, you know, it's a little bit more surprising in the flavor than it is, I'd say, in the, in the appearance particularly for and sure. the smell as well. It's one of those ones that smells good in the air, too. Like we were saying the other
0: day, you walk in a room, somebody's smoking that, you're going to do a double take. What is that, you know? The other thing with the Irene traditionally for me is it packs the punch. Yeah. So it's like you could kind of use that in different lines just to add a little bit of punch, you know what I mean, to
2: whatever you're going for. But it smokes so. soft. I think that's why it's enjoyable. It's not like... Sometimes when weed is like really powerful, I feel it doesn't smoke very well. Or it's harsh. It's harsh, you know, like the Irene, any Irene hybrid kind of smokes. I think that's why the Rude Boy did so well, like out the gate for us here, you know, because it was, some, it was a, a flavor that most people aren't necessarily
1: used to, but it's really enjoyable. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Sour Diesel, I think, would fall into the same category. For sure. In that it, it's not necessarily the strongest smelling or skunkiest strain on the planet, it, you know, I've grown it for 20 years. Even 20 years ago, I wasn't like, sour the skunk. If you had seen Chemdog, had seen OGs, had seen things like Albert Walker, sour Diesel doesn't necessarily blow you away in the yeah. jar. No. But if someone rolls up a nice fat joint of it and pass it to you and it has that smooth, for real sure. enjoyable flavor that sticks to the palate, it's just it doesn't necessarily need to be the loudest thing in the room to be the most enjoyable. Absolutely, and yeah, the Irene definitely brings that to a lot of a lot of hybrids. The Skittle, you know, the Irene Z Seven, the mom of this, is definitely more oh. skittily than any of these oh, ones are. Absolutely, absolutely. Winning on the twenty here first. This one's pretty cookie heavy for sure. You know? I mean, it's got that same
2: like. Cooking look mm-hmm. to it, Those, yeah. Then, like Dosi, really. Like that's what I was saying to Fletch earlier. Was a lot of them kind of remind me of the Dosi Nine, and like how like tight everything is, and,
1: and the doughy, and smell, the doughy smell, and smell. And I was saying too, like the Irene is almost like a doughy Kush for sure. It's it's not necessarily incense-y like Bubba, and it's not on the earthy you know skunky side like a good batch of OG is. It's kind of that more softened uh um type of smell. I don't know how else to describe it. It's got a little bit of, doughy, of that in there, I guess right? it's a good yeah, it, 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 in turn, you know that OGKB kind of smell. Like For OG, sure. OGKB's got that real doughy, heavy, cushy smell. Thick but not sharp. Exactly. You know, you know. Exactly, exactly. I you know, I, I don't say this much because I don't think a lot of people are very familiar with old school hash plant but it's a hash plant smell. For sure. Right? Like old school hash plant wasn't always the most smell, stinky, odiferous stuff. It had a real thick smell and it always tasted thick like that. Like the DHK HP number one, the Red Beck hash plants, the uh, Canadian hash plants. Um, There's all kinds of like random, the PNW hash plant clones that I had, they're all kind of in that same realm it's like pushed without any sharpness to totally. it totally to me
2: it smokes like cookies you know like right just looking at these
0: jars from across the table that's 21 is standing out to me It look
2: yeah yeah, yeah. Big, big old nugs crazy crazy coverage a little bit more for, color than for some sure. of the other ones.
1: almost takes on a little bit more irene I mean, the 45 is kind of Irene smelling when you squeeze it. It's got that hash plant smell. Rolling one up over there? Yep. Which one you guys want to try? I think I was going to say I was going to roll four, but let's, I'll just try my speed. Roll that 45. The 45 smells. I like the 45 when you actually squeeze the nugget. Right. It's more cushy Mm -hmm. when you crack it, but it's more of the doughy. cookie on the outside. I mean, honestly, this bud right here looks like an OGKB nut, kind of. For sure. (laughs) Oddly enough. This one's really sweet, 21. Yeah, yeah, that one has probably the most uh, Irene Z7 smell to it, I would say. Try a little piece of this one. This one almost has that, like, grandma's closet kind of smell. (laughs) Like an old house. Yeah. That dank basement, musty, cushy smell. So it's curious, yeah, I mean unique, great resin on all of them. I was gonna say sticky. I'm curious
0: how this one would wash. This one looks like
2: just just breaking down the plant. Like it would be I mean you nice know we've definitely sure. washed the Irene D seven and nothing like super crazy in returns, but the hash is the hash is more like mouth coating soft and that uh Irene kinda of way. Totally.
1: I have some Irene Z hash around here too, actually I can grab. Well we put a little snake on the outside of this joint and I'll show everybody how to smoke the hash (laughs) on the outside. I don't think anybody else smokes hash like I mean I think people other people smoke old school hash like this where you put the snake on the outside. But um, I showed Shane it last night and he's he's been enjoying it. It's just kind of like the lazy man's way of putting hash on the yeah, joint. Yeah, for sure. It's a little more comfortable to just sit there, let it drip down onto the
0: ash and then kind of, you, you hit the smoke through the joint, but if you kind of back off the joint a little bit, you get the hash smoke that goes around the joint. For sure. It's just something kind of weird matrix goes on in your, in your <laughs> mouth. It, it like, it's a flavor enhancer, you
2: know? <laughs> let me grab uh, filters and what do you think of the 21?
0: I think I like the smell of the 21 better. I think, I think the first one I like is the taste of the pipe yeah. a little bit better. I, I agree. This one tastes
2: just like a little greener or something, you yeah. know, for sure.
1: Not as, yeah, not as flavorful. Yeah. Maybe it smells a little better, but yeah. Cookies kind of does that I agree. stuff where it kind of makes it doughy and then it becomes uh just not very distinct in the smoke yeah for sure no i mean like i haven't i've never been like a huge
2: cookies fan like i think it makes great hybrids i'd I say breeding yeah. into cookies is like really cool stuff but just like i mean i remember like seeing the first like forum cut when you had it like at one of those early cups and shit and um and it was just like you know that was like the first time
1: you'd seen like resin coverage like that on super dense nuggets. Space weed. Yeah. Yeah. Purple and frosty. It was the first plant that made you go. You know what? Purple weeds not that bad. You yeah. know, because before that, like that golf ball purple. Weed. Yeah. yeah. You no know one. Yeah. Exactly. Because you know Urkel and GDP had had their time, but they had fallen out of favor by that point in time, and you know cookies kind of replaced the whole bubba gdp market it just it took a, like used to have bubba and gdp were like their own For market sure. or urkel and when cookies came it just consumed both of those markets into one yeah because no one really had weed that took that shape when that resin density and everything it was just so different and when it was grown right it cookies is some good weed you For know sure. like bubba's not that crazy on its own, and GDP wasn't that crazy on its own, and cookies kind of had a little bit of both realms. It was kind of cushy, kind of incense kind of um, purple-y, all wrapped into one package, which is why it seems to breed really well with a lot of different varieties. You know, if you want it to become more incense it can do that. If you want it to become a little skunkier, you just have to cross it with the corresponding flavor. You got me thinking about purple here a little bit. And uh you I, I've talked
0: to you about this before, but I have I've been told that there's a big bud cut that does taste like that sweet purple candy that, that does have that grapey thing going on. Or not a big bud, but a GDP cut. But to me the GDP was always just super watered down Urkel. And they were kinda like those big, like darker purple buds that would almost get almost like a brown to them sometimes. And it was just like a harsher smoke to me that I never enjoyed personally. For me, I always loved like a good Urkel, or like if it was gonna be a Urkelish type of hybrid, like a grape ape or something like that. To me, when I think like purple, that's a true purple, and I don't really see any of that type of purple influence in the shit that's out there now that people you know throw around the name purple with, like that that super candy sweet grape type thing. Those little tiny purple, like light green with yeah. purple camo, you For know, seconds. that didn't yield
1: shit but you know, tasted like absolute candy. Where's that shit at? I think the closest thing I've seen to that, what you're talking about, which was, I mean, really like GDP and Urkel were relatively indistinguishable from each other. Totally. From the consumer's perspective. So um, like when you would grow Urkel and GDP next to each other in a room, the GDP would be like 15% greener and maybe 20% or 25% bigger like the plant would be just a little bit taller, a little bit buds, a little bit bigger, but honestly they kind of had the same bud growth and shape and everything too. Like if you if you nailed the GDP, it would yield better than Urkel. But if you treated both of them kind of mediocre, they'd pretty much perform about the same, to be honest. And uh, the smell was, uh, the only thing I remember really the difference that other people would describe like Shaw 707 seed bank i him and caleb csi humble have probably grown more Urkel and gdp than anyone i know right or were involved in more growing of that at that time let's put it that way and um they um i remember uh shaw would always just say that the gdp had a better high that he really just liked the high of the GDP better than Urkel. But it was still that like sweet, grapey, slightly skunky kind of flavor. I mean the great gas I've seen some great gas compounds, great gas. I am not sure what that yeah was exactly. Um, but that was pretty similar to all the GDPs and, and Urkels of the past. Doesn't look the same, but it has. it's you're talking about dark, hard ball, grapey Flavored stuff. The most recent thing I've seen would be gas. The the maybe it was just
0: what I was getting at the time. Like all all the Urkel back then was like humble Urkel, and it was that it was the nuts were never you know bigger than like a point eight. Yeah. You know, and it was, it was a really light green with really light purple camoed in there. Right. And, and all, I think all the big butter, I mean, all the GDP that I was getting at the time was being grown in Santa Cruz and that shit was all the notes were twice as big and it was all just one dark shade of for purple sure. with maybe a little bit of dark green in there. So it was much easier for me to distinguish. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the great, the, 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 um, the GDP would smoke. Okay. But the Urkel was like absolutely narcotic knockout smoke where I would just smoke that at the end of the day, get the munchies and be out. You
1: know? Yeah, well, and the Urkel and the GDP both, they both um, are basically like, they'll, if you, depending on how you grow them will determine how purple it is, yeah. you know? So it's generally speaking in the same room, the Urkel will be a little bit more purple than your GDPs are. But if you dump the tents in both rooms, They'll both turn dark purple. For sure. And you've grown a bunch of them as well, Adam. And yeah. you grew the silver tip for a while, which was the GDP, um, uh, what was it? GDP crosses something, Big I Bud see. or something. Super yeah, silver haze. Super
2: sil- I can't even remember it now to be honest with you. That was years like, ago. So long ago. But yeah, years ago. it definitely had that, just that purple flavor. I don't know how to describe it. Sometimes it's flat, sometimes it's sweet. Yeah, um, it's kind of floral. Yeah there's so many like purple things during that like you know 2008 2009 time yeah. even purple dragon purple this well those are all just renamed, renamed yeah urkel that was it's the
0: first, like the first girl i ever did in my whole life purple dragon purple yeah dragon. You know? yeah and that's what it basically was yeah yeah, yeah was another purple. urkel vibrator bag six it See, was a cool like the whole purple sr71
1: yeah. purple kush i hate that clone because it's like it's just another renamed uh, Urkel cut that came from, uh, I think it was Brett Bogue or one of those NorCal guys. And it's not Purple Kush, it's like it's Urkel, you know. Yeah. And it's like it never was Purple Kush. This the SR71 was a dispensary in Oakland, right? And it was the clone that they sold and they called it Purple Kush, just like every dispensary back then. Yeah. They bought products for sure and renamed them and sold them, right? Because they didn't like shops would have like purple Urkel on the top shelf. And someone is selling them purple Urkel cuts. But they don't want to like sell out the brand value of that on their shelf to their regular customers. So they just rename it Purple Kush and put the clone out. You know? For sure. And now they know that like whenever whenever they get Purple Kush at their shop now it's that clone, not the Urkel from the original guy that they buy for four thousand dollars a pound and mark up to like two X or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, that was common. That's like how all the OGs got all the different names in LA. Progressive options. Skywalker. Yeah, progressive options, renaming stuff. Yeah. And and all the shops just renaming whatever OG clone they got into their PRC OG or the Malibu OG or this or that. They would just rename it, but then someone gets the clone from them and it has the name of them now, even though it's just the same clone recirculated. Mm. And that's why when Phylos did all their... You know, everybody sending all their OG cuts, they all came back as the same shit. For sure. There's like um, the planetary OG Yeah, it was all like, just organic. shit that just yeah. was like Jupiter. Saturn. There were some of those that were bag seeds that were actual bag seeds sure. that were different clones, but the majority of them were just a clone that someone received renamed it for marketing purposes typically in the medical marijuana business oh dude and that's what it became and clone dealers too yeah Yeah. progressive options selling so many clones back then oh yeah tons and people coming from all over the country and i mean that was the first place i ever saw hot latent viroid being distributed from yeah oh man that was back when 2012. 2012 yeah dude like when we were before we knew what any of that shit was,
2: and you were right. just like, what is killing all my plants? Right. <laughs> like, well, that whole arm just fell off this monster plant. Right.
1: No one had a clue. Right. Fortunately, we had all of our genetics scattered enough that there was places that didn't never really get For sure. new clones and just didn't get contaminated. But um, yeah, any of the places that took in varieties at that time, and at that time we weren't like technically working together, although we've known each other for 20 years and have been friendly about weed, and you were collecting stuff from all over places with your other partner. For sure. And yeah, that was a a major issue. The first I saw was in Colorado from people that had purchased clones from Progressive Options in California and brought them to Colorado for their dispensary. I, I mean, that's how it all started. Progressive Option was the first place I saw it. Just like um, powdery mildew the first place. I, I Everybody that I know, the first place they ever saw it was clones that came out of the Bay Area. All that came from Ed Rosenthal's. Um, like Clone Nursery that was supplying all the uh, dispensaries in the late 90s and early 2000s. I can't remember, he did it with this lady, I think. And I'd have to look them up, but... All the plants that came from those nurseries, that was like every, I, everybody I knew in Washington and, and Oregon and all these other places, they'd never seen powdery mildew ever because everyone was so isolated. You, didn't, you know? Spider mites was pretty much the only thing that was widely just dish- passed <laughs> around at that point in time. For sure. And I've talked to my buddy, even in the 80s, spider mites were being passed around. You know, So those have been around a while, but PM, I never heard or seen anybody talking about it as a major pest issue to deal with until um you had like uh, the uh dispensaries in the bay area selling clones um yeah
0: <coughs> <laughs> <Woo. coughs>
1: oh, which one is that this is the number 45 and then i put the Irene Z number four five and seven hash oh, I put a ring of it on the outside. And then when you want the hash to not burn, you hold it like this. And then when you want to hit it, you put it vertical and the hash starts dripping onto the cherry. I ain't gonna lie, I was in a sweet spot. (laughs) Right when that thing came to me, that hash
0: was just starting to run, I flipped it over. I started hearing that sizzle. Oh yeah. If you get that perfect hit where you're like just a centimeter off the joint, you're getting
1: (laughs) smoke through the joint, but you're getting the hash smoke around the joint. Exactly. You want to suck the, smoke off the end of the joint too Seems like a fucking chimney <clears throat> and it doesn't take as much uh, hash as trying to make like a hash hole for sure you know, a hash hole they put a big old log <laughs> in there and honestly i can rarely ever taste the hash in the center of it I you feel know like they just burned really hot
2: that too right because now you got this like tunnel ripping through the center of it
1: Mm-hmm. Where it's like just a little bit on the outside, it's just like, it's kind of old school style where you're like, it's almost like a hot knife. It's like hitting a joint with a hot knife on the end of it. That's
0: a good, yeah, that's perfect right there. That's a good way to make just a little bit of hash if you're running low. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: you can take just like one dab volume wise, you know, like a 0.1 or whatever it is and throw it on the outside, a little ring and and you know it's just a little 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 extra help he threw a turbo on that shit exactly <laughs> that one's tasty yeah this one's got the more irene kind yeah. of thing to
0: it i mean i, I can't tell i feel like the, the hash is tainting it a little bit you know
1: well it's the same hash or actually no it's the irene z yeah. so it's the mom and the daughter daughter inside hash on the outside of the mom on the outside. This mom and sisters, moms and aunts. This one's pretty doughy too. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not- all very doughy. Very you know, doughy. It's, it's either doughy kush or doughy cookies.
0: This one might be the prettiest. Pretty nice.
1: Maybe the gummiest too, like the way it breaks down. The 20 I think had the most like incensiness to it. Where it, uh, when you smoked it, it leaves like that smell there yeah this was this game uh, yeah I mean it's pretty sticky though still and this stuff's not particularly fresh it's you know this is months old it's
2: they all smoke pretty similar yeah I don't know the 45
1: might be my favorite one it started out as 20 but i mean they're consistently good yeah it's you know when you know when you're going through your potential selections where you keep going back and forth on which one you should keep it just means it was a pretty consistent variety it's just there's a good representation in a lot of different individuals the 45 you really have to like
2: break open the nugget to get the smell like, the irene did, smell yeah that's how irene is too teach, itself for sure yeah.
1: When you uh, just open the jar, it has that cookies dough. And the Irene for anybody that hasn't read about it or whatever, it's um, it's a bagseed OG clone. That was I can't remember who found it exactly. I think it was Smoke the Herb was his handle online. I think he's the one that found it potentially. But I know Rude Boy Grow Hard, which was his handles online. He's the one that was really making it making the clone known and known to the online scene and community and it's i think it's still unknown exactly what it was other than um some bag seed og pounds and i can't remember someone may have figured out what pounds they were like josh through josh or wh- whoever in the crew in la sold him the pounds that the seed was found in um and i think it, they said it could have only been bubba and og in the rooms at that time and i may need to be corrected here yeah which also lends to the fact that it might possibly just be above a um og cross for sure that would make the most sense sense. it would
2: make sense on the bud structure
1: like well and the master kush also has the same uh mutation where the stem grows out the leaf Um, that's also a trait that i've seen in Bubba slash master Kush. Yeah. So, probability? Pretty high. high. Yeah. <laughs> Positively, can't ever make the assumption.
0: It was in Atlanta where Irene really, like, took off and got
1: popular, yeah. right? Yeah, and I don't know if it was... songs
0: and shit.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it was being necessarily being grown in Atlanta or just being distributed heavily through there um, specifically. Like, I, I don't know the details on that, which I'd like to get um, those guys in at some point if they ever want to come on and uh, kind of tell the whole story of it because it's, you know, it's just another piece of the history. Piece of the puzzle. Yeah. sure. Well, should we... Uh, try another one of these or are you guys are you sufficiently ripped on 45? i mean i'm <laughs> stunned <laughs> so 45 got the job done but yeah. um, I'm i don't curious. know if we're, we've necessarily smoked our way through these to make a selection but you know process takes time probably too much to film <laughs> when everything's similarly good uh it takes time to to make your final selection and if you're doing like a you know A true pheno
0: hunt, you would want to spend some time with each of these anyway. You wouldn't really smoke them all back to back and then trying to find out which one. And throw everything away immediately. You know what I mean? Sometimes you got to sit with something for a while too to actually kind of appreciate it. You know what I mean? For sure.
1: And you want to know how something cures out. Sometimes stuff just doesn't. It cures out really fast and loses kind of its, you know, extra smell and flavor in a week. And sometimes that's undesirable as well. And
0: then you'd want to work with, you know, each of these processing, kind of see what type of resin you're working with
1: and what the yields are looking like too. For sure. And this was just a project. This wasn't even a breeding project for like selling seeds or anything. This was just a project to find some plants, hopefully, you know, so you just, sometimes you don't have to be as... quick to throw stuff away if you're just playing with it for sure as, long as you've got a little extra space you can just keep a clone around of it and i mean i think
2: they all have like marketability you know like yeah. especially if people like
1: just that musty cookies flavor if you like ogkb yeah. you'll love yeah, this for sure. you know and for sure uh I, I mean i really like it too i mean we're just real picky and we all have our own biases it's um not to say that anything's better or worse necessarily than, than uh, anything else. I always love running OGKB, like a smoked cookie hash. Right? You
0: know.
1: OGKB is really good. I mean the. Uh, I remember you guys had me go buy, um, a bunch of it outdoor from my buddy, so you guys could wash it just for your head stash like ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Was that dry trim you guys washed it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You wouldn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't know. even remember. Yeah, I, I went and got the material. <laughs> but, yeah, that was good hash. Yeah. That was your guy's first. I think, I think your guy's first hash probably was made with either, not necessarily with me, but, like, the first... When I you remember when we came over and did it at your uh, yeah the at first, the Santa Cruz house yeah the first fresh frozen and stuff like that That was OGK be the first didn't didn't you did you come out with me to no it was Jordan that came out to me at to Shaw's you remember and I made that cheese hash and um, I OG yeah. and I brought some back and I just had a little bit didn't even dry it just left it in the freezer that shit was tasty though. That was the hash we were smoking the very first time we put the fucking
0: Jermichael on the internet with the screen tag, (laughs) the fucking J Mike and all that shit. Oh man. (laughs) That's one thing I've always loved about weed too and about why we like geek out on all these, you know, different strains and shit too. Cause like usually there's a story or a memory that goes with every one of these, you know, different cuts that we just mentioned from over the years, you know, yep. it always sparks something in my head, like, oh yeah, this is what we were doing at that time, you know?
1: Well, they say your olfactory sense is the most tied to memory in terms of bringing back vivid memories. When you smell something, smell. it brings back a real vivid memory. And so, you know, when you got weed strains that have been with you your whole life and uh, were there during a lot of the experiences, well, now you have this smell imprinted on your brain for sure that's tied to that just like when you smell you know old lady cologne and it smells like your grandma or what you know and you immediately think of her and that's that's just kind of how life is i think and i think it's probably just part of our primitive more primitive side of our brain having that association because at one point in time our sense of smell was probably really important to our survival just like it is for a lot of uh um, animals on this planet. <laughs> yeah, you know, the sense of smell is <laughs> really important to, I always to think a about lot that, of
0: animal, land animals. I always think about that when they say like a bloodhound has like 150 times better smell oh, than yeah. me. I'm like, so when I fart, like what is, it, what
1: is this guy going through over here? Well, like, when I crack this no, jar... So here's how I've heard it explained to me by like dog professional type people. They said, all right, like when you smell something rank or whatever, it smells uh, just like rank, like one rank smell, like kimchi. That's what it smells like to you. But the dog actually can smell all the different parts. So it smells vinegar, uh, um, radish, uh, whatever, pickling, salt. It smells all the different components because it doesn't smell, it doesn't have a, dumbed down sense of smell like where we do, where it smells like one thing, they're actually picking it apart. And that's why dogs can like smell drugs through your luggage and stuff Mm. because they don't just smell your luggage. Oh, it just smells like the surface. They, They smell this fabric and, and this. Stuff and this stuff and the, and if there's just a little bit of that, up oh, they can pick it out. So the from smell everything else not, and identify it. It smells not 150
0: times stronger. They're just taking 150 percent more data or something like that. You know? uh, well, I think effectively that's times. the
1: same thing. It, to you know what I mean? To a like, dog, yeah. Yeah, effectively it is 150 times more sensitive. I think is what the or how many whatever the whatever multiple the is, is. It's more sensitive, meaning that they can pick things apart. And it's just like they can take one large sampling of air and break it down and break it down into that many more different kinds of smells individual smells that they can process uh, that their brain can process whereas we just smell it, like our sense of smell we're always describing it as something else trying to compare it to something else for sure because it's whatever the mix most rep- most resembles or reminds us of. We can't actually tell you the parts. And, and you know maybe a really good chef, uh, compared to like you or me, they might be able to eat a dish and, and tell you the ingredients because they have a, that more refined sense of smell. And that may be partly genetic and also partly just experience, I'm not sure. But uh, I think there are chefs that can do that, right? They just have such a good palate that they can pick apart what's in a dish because they have probably made it so many times and know what the different stuff tastes like. Whereas like you or me just knows this cheesecake tastes good. Yeah. We don't know if they use like honey graham crackers or uh, you know, Safeway brand graham crackers. For we don't sure. know the difference, but they might actually, they, you know. That's the truth.
0: <clears throat> I just smell pasta sauce and my dog walks in. He's like garlic,
1: tomatoes some of those tomatoes are rotten when it was made yeah you know it's really like they can they can smell because think they have the dogs that um can smell people that when they get uh uh seizures and stuff they have like seizure dogs have you seen those for sure that are dogs that can like smell cancer and stuff have you heard of these yeah things? I haven't There's seen them. that. I'm, I'm not I'm not familiar enough with it to, to speak with confidence here but yeah. my understanding is that they' that they have a lot of people for years have been training dogs to detect medical conditions because your body starts like i I can't remember i can't remember if it's alzheimer's or some of these other dementia i can't remember some of these other diseases where they've trained dogs to be able to alert to these smells and like we exert or you know we excrete all kinds of different hormones and all kinds of pheromones and who knows what else out of our skin and and our breath and who knows and the dogs can can actually identify hey this this is this other smell that I've been trained to alert on and we know that this happens right before someone gets a stroke or I, I'm not sure what the medical I think it's epilepsy are. a lot. Yeah, yeah I think it's just for a perfect one
0: because the dog can say hey you're about to have a seizure at least you can lay down or something so you're not going to fall. For sure that's yeah. right exactly and I
1: can't remember what it is but that that just goes to show how the dog's able to distinguish between the the smell of a room and then individual smells, even as they just come up out of nowhere. Yeah, that's true. And and, uh, bears have like X amount more sensitivity than dogs. I think bears have the best sense of smell. I think maybe polar bears have the best sense of smell in the world, if I remember right. Something like that. But bears are like a thousand times. Or For something. a land
0: animal, I wonder if a shark, because you know how they say a shark can smell a drop of blood in the water from
1: three miles away or some shit. I mean, I think it, bears can smell stuff from like, to what, that, some crazy amount of distance. Because I mean, they, you're talking about, think think like a polar bear in the Arctic. Think how far they travel to find food.
0: That The bear thing makes a little more sense to me because I can fathom breathing in... Detecting a smell, breathing out, following the smell. The mm-hmm. underwater
1: one makes no fucking sense. Because how is that
0: smell traveling that
1: far? Well, it dilutes into the water. Oh, I don't think it happens instantaneously. That's why if you have like blood in the water, it takes a minute for the sharks to like. If you chum the water, yeah, they don't just show up right away, right? It takes a few minutes, and then a couple start showing up, and then it creates a commotion, and then they probably hear commotion in the water and then you know it it doesn't take long for it like you ever dropped some uh some oil and some water or some gasoline for sure like one like if like if you've ever been in a marina and seen anybody spill just a little bit of gas like a couple hours later the whole or not even a couple hours like not that much long later the whole marina has that sheen on the top it does not take long for the for it to, to move Uh, let's see how sensitive is a bear's smell <laughs> I'm curious now better smell bear or shark uh-huh. a bear's sense of smell is 2100 to 3000 times better than a human's jeez a wolf's sense of smell is about a hundred times better than a human bears have one of the best noses in the animal kingdom what about a shark <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's just different, but yeah. It's a different
0: mechanism all the time. Yeah, I mean, you got air versus water. I wonder if they're even smelling through their nose or their nostrils. No, I mean, I don't think a shark, I don't, yeah, a shark doesn't have
2: like a nose. So what animal has the best sense of smell? Oh, I I have to look at that, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is the point of the show where you know
0: everybody's stoned. Yeah, right?
1: (laughs) Well, we're learning here. <laughs>
0: what did people do before Learn. We had, before we had these little fucking phone computer pocket devices? We would just get, move
1: on to
2: the next subject. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, man, I yeah. wonder what the... <laughs> and it, it, it was, we'll never know. I, yeah. I, I, no,
1: no, I remember what it was like, right? Because none of us were going to get I, the would, library. I would write the shit down on a piece of paper, the question of that, and I would go to the library look the shit up, I <laughs> swear to God. Or I'd go to my grandparents' house, you know, had encyclopedias. That's how you figure this shit out. No, that's that. how you would learn about anything if you like wanted to know what country was somewhere. You did, you couldn't. There was no internet to look it up. Dude, so no. if you were if if you were lucky, you <laughs> had some encyclopedias in your house. And, and most encyclopedias would signs. have a lot of, you know, good amount of information. Everybody used to have
0: a globe in their house too. Remember that? Yeah, oh yeah. Like the eighties, nineties, everybody had the little fucking
1: topographic
2: globe. We had one. You could, you know, yeah had that
1: too encyclopedias encyclopedias is all you have yeah that and if you couldn't find it in the encyclopedia or get like the little snippet of information you needed from the encyclopedia then you'd write that information down and then have to go to the library then you could find a book about like world war ii that was in (laughs) depth but other than that you'd be like watching tv just whatever they're saying is what you believe until you either go look it up in the diction or in the encyclopedias encyclopedia, and then go look at it further it was like a lot of work we kind of take it for granted how good we got it now like internet has its fault i social remember internet like came out and you could wikipedia something and i remember school was like fucking way easier it was like oh i can just look this shit up and fucking like a couple hours all the stuff i don't have to go to the library after school for three and a half hours you remember spark notes um was nope. that the You no longer gotta read your
0: books, you just go and read the yeah, chapter I've, summaries, one paragraph each. Totally. You gotta read fucking chapter two and write a paper about it, all right. Read the spark notes one paragraph We
2: didn't have access
1: two. to those in rural Virginia. <laughs> no. You'd have to go beg your parents to drive you an hour and a half to go get you the cheat sheet for your book. And you know what your parents tell you? Read the book. Yeah. <laughs> we just two were it just did there was no bookstore to go if you even if you had money what you couldn't get in Virginia there was was no no jobs
2: there was no bookstores
1: and you couldn't get a job because you'd have to go like 15 miles to get there when you're 14 (laughs) you know it's like how are you gonna get a ride to the place was a main concern even school trying to get to school is like i mean we had a mile long driveway you've been down the driveway to our house for sure it was a mile long just to get to the road for the bus picks us up <laughs> and i
2: had to walk that every day
1: home
2: no playing
0: basketball okay. in the street with the neighbors for you guys huh no
1: no not at all Yeah, no like when when my parents split up My dad moved onto the hill where his whole family like is from, or owned. They owned the hill, and then they got subdivided, turned to homes. My dad moved into a spot over there, and I was like stoked because they had a a nice house that had a concrete or an asphalt driveway that we could skateboard on. (laughs) Because there was no asphalt available, it was just gravel anywhere else. Oh yeah. I learned to play basketball on fucking gravel. Because there's no asphalt within like uh, miles of my house. I never expensive. even fathomed that being a kid and
0: being stoked to finally have a piece of asphalt. <laughs> yeah, not even a skate park, just
1: a drive. Just pack. something like I learned how to skateboard on a deck that's like I don't know, tiny. I mean, that your house that you grew up in, we skated on your back like deck. Yeah, uh, with like some plywood and some signs and shit to connect the things, so you wouldn't eat shit just trying to ride. <laughs> yeah, the, we like would skate like two gravel. by fours. <laughs> you no, know, basically.
2: Uh, yeah, then the, Dave moved into the bigger house. That's right, the paved driveway. Then you could put ramps in there
1: which there still weren't a lot
2: of ramps, but there yeah. was some plywood and some shit. Yeah, that's a ramp. And um, some, and some a snow stone, blocks A street sign, like a construction exactly. sign. So you could ride onto it. See, I grew up like just rural enough. Like you've been to
0: Boulder Creek. Yeah. I grew up when I was you getting into I, town. I, what I lived right downtown, right there, like right next to the fire station. So yeah. like I had the little you know basketball hoop on wheels that I would wheel out in the middle of the street and shoot hoops. Mm-hmm. I would go. There was like a little rec center over there that I would go ride BMX. That yeah, suburban. Shit. Yeah, there was enough shit that I could do. Even though you're in a town that only has like 2,000 people. Yeah. You know, there was enough shit around that I. could Well, and you were only like shit. 30
1: minutes from Santa Cruz, yeah. which is a big. You know, pretty big city. Yeah, well, yeah it was beach a at least. <laughs> yeah, I don't, know. <laughs> uh, neither, I don't know. I mean, I think we finished the review a while ago. Yeah. I actually like the 20 though. The way the 20 smokes.
0: Yeah. These are all much more similar than the other. What was the other? Irene hybrid, we did yesterday. We did three. Irene's number four. Yeah, those were all much more different. Yeah. Like, distinguishable between the three. These are all much more similar. I feel like the cookies kind of uh, dominated here. Yeah, yeah. It kind of took over a lot. For sure. Like I said, these are all, you know, definitely worthy, definitely some dank. Uh, but. Got the job done. I don't know which one it was that got the job done, but I'm (laughs) stoned. I I think the hash helped, too. Yeah, for For sure. Definitely didn't hurt. I think that does it for this one, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Two? Peace.